Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, the podcast devoted to spirituality and all things self-improvement. I'm so excited you're here with us today because we have a very special guest. Today we have with us Miss Pam Johnson. She's the author of the book Supernatural Love, and she is here to talk to us today about how you can still have relationships with your partner who has crossed over to the other side. She has experienced this herself and she is helping other people who are also experiencing wanting to continue that connection with their loved one on the other side. So I cannot wait to talk to her today and find out all about what she's doing. So welcome to the show today, Pam. Hey, Melissa, thanks so much for having me. Yes, this is, of course, my favorite subject um, because it's going on the this coming August. It'll be three years since my husband passed away and he was a psychic medium and mainly lived doing that while living with me here in Honolulu, Hawaii, which is where we met over about 30 plus years ago. So he was a practicing psychic as I said, I'm more of a I'm more of a channel less of a medium and the only difference to me is that I more work with less with the deceased and more with guys angels and you know in that in that way and he, he would have said the same thing he was said that that's the way we're different and yet we're both practicing psychics so when he passed away I had no preconceived idea about what would happen I mean I believed from a lot for a long time that since my own awakening 35 years ago that, you know, we are eternal beings. And I knew that I had experience of my parents after they crossed over very brief. I felt my dad when he died um, the day after I felt his joy. I, I heard him say, I'm so glad I'm out of my body and I was happy for him. And I really didn't grieve in the way most people would grieve because I knew my father was always with me. And even though I didn't have ongoing contact, I just knew, and I was just grateful that he was, now out of his body because he had been 95 when he died so he would lived a long life so there's nothing left for him to do I knew that and he was going to meet my mother who had passed away like several years before so again I didn't have any idea of what could happen after someone passed away having lost my brother my mother and my father so when Alan died my husband died I was shocked when the next day I heard him talking to me now I'm clear audience because I'm a channel and I've done that for 35 years now. So I could hear spirit. So I knew that was him, but I thought, well, wh wh why are you here? Like, what are you, what are you talking about? And he says, well, I, we're not done. I said, what do you mean we're not done? <laughs> like, how, how is this going to be? He says, well, we're not done. We made a soul contract to continue our relationship and also to help people, to work with people. Because we had been working as spiritual teachers as well. He would teach Chinese astrology. That was his interest, his experience expertise and I would teach psychic development generally or channeling actually I taught a lot of channeling workshops since I was a trained channel so he said well we're here to teach people how to connect through the veil and I said well I don't know how to do that how are we going to teach that <laughs> they said you're going to learn because we're going to go through that and I said really all right and so I literally hit the ground running the day after he Test. I mean, he had, he was talking to me, he was telling me things, what we were going to do, or, but mainly in the beginning, he was just trying to help me understand why he had been the way he had been in our marriage, because he wasn't, in his own words, he wasn't the best husband, <laughs> in his own words. And, and I had kind of blanked that out, you know, I'd kind of repressed that I I'd kind of gotten used to that. And I thought to myself, yeah, you, you were, uh, kind of crappy in a lot of ways. You, I knew you loved me, but you didn't demonstrate that, you know? And I think a lot of people can relate to that, have partners, whether it's male or female, who don't really demonstrate their love. You know, they, 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 we know we're loved, but we're not feeling it. We're not seeing evidence of it. And he was that way. So, so the first thing he said was, I'm here to give you the love that you never got because he knew that when he died, that one of the thoughts that left was left with was uh, this belief that I was never going to know what love 
love is because I felt like I hadn't been loved. And he said that broke his heart because he saw that from the other side. So he says, I came back to give you that love. So I said, all right, how's that going to be? And so things just started unfolding and it's all detailed in the book that he wrote. He asked me to write a book. He gave me the name of it, like within the first week. He said it would be called Supernatural Love. He even said, go look, get the domain name for that that title. And I said, well, that must be taken, Supernatural Love. No, 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 you'll find that it's available. It'll cost you a pretty penny, but you need to buy it. And sure enough, it was available and I bought it and that was it, right? So he's, even now he's saying, I've never wrong. <laughs> I might tell you things. I'm only telling you them if it's true, I'm never going to be wrong. So, and he hasn't been wrong since. So he told me we'd write the book. He said that it would teach people how to connect through the veil. He said that he was be helping on his side of the veil, their partners to reach through because on the other side, they, they don't have the ability always to project. I didn't know this. He told me that. And I since heard other mediums say the same thing. I've heard another medium say, yes, there, there are souls on their side who teach the souls there how to come through to the other side. So everything he told me, he said, see, I would, I knew you would find out that what I'm telling you is all true. So he said that he was helping the other side and that he would teach them over there how to project and that I would be helping those here in a body. So he therefore wanted me to create a Facebook group first to, so that I would have a group that would support me on this journey. So that group initially was formed of clients and students of ours who were fascinated. They knew Alan, they knew me, they knew this was real, they knew from, from our history, you know, from our experience with them. So they're following it. And not many of them had partners who were across the veil at that time. Okay. I'd say maybe a handful. Most of them were just, again, clients and students, but they were, in their words, a lot of them were just riveted. They just said, I, I can feel Alan's love for you. This, this story is, yes, it's unfolding. It's just incredible. You know, what, cause he started to do things for me and, and show me things and, and so gradually, I'd say about a year after that, of his passing, people started to hear about it who had lost loved ones, and they started to come into the group. And now it's primarily people who've lost loved ones, not just partners. There's also parents, you know, children trying to connect with their parents, um, just friends. They're trying to connect with their friends or family members. So we're open to everybody, but I would say most of the people that are in my group, yeah, are partners who are trying to continue their relationships uh, because I found that those partner relationships are, let's just say, I don't want to say they're better because love is love. So there's no, you know, saying a parent's love is better than the love for a spouse. I mean, there's no, there's no difference, but the purpose of the relationship is the point, you know? So when it comes to a partner relationship, I think most of us would agree that that is usually for a lifetime. That person is your person, as they say, right? You can, and often will live for that person. You talk to them every day, you plan your life together, your lives are interwoven closely, right? It would be kind of strange if you didn't talk to each other throughout the day, perhaps, or at least quite often that they weren't your main confidant, et cetera. But that's not always the case for a parent and child or friend or sibling, you know, it's just different. They're going to have their primary relationship with a partner if that's what they're choosing. And so what I found is with partners, there's, there can be, it's not always going to be the case. There can be therefore the desire to continue the relationship to the end of the lifetime of the partner in a body. And so why not, you know, why not? But in our, in our world, at least in Western society, most couples, uh, partners rather, who are surviving the loss of their loved one, find that the people around them just want them to get over it, start dating again, find another partner, you know, and we don't, they don't know what to make of people that are wanting to continue this relationship. Because first of all, it just sounds, of course, otherworldly, right? And then how do we 
how do you fit that into to mainstream society if these people are having relationships through the veil? But the people I'm meeting, the people I work with, tell me that they don't care about that. I mean, yeah, it, it concerns them. It just, they don't, they're not happy that their family members or friends maybe don't always understand or don't support them. But in the end, they are determined. They, they feel their partner. They want to continue. They are having, in many cases, this active relationship that is strengthening because Alan's shown me that there's no there's no limit to how deep it can become. I have no people who are having visceral experiences with their partner. And then when I say physical, I mean like energetic or even physical touching sometimes. I do know a few people who actually have physical contact. Okay, that's not common. But that is, I've, I've seen that with people. I've talked to people who have that. I know someone who actually sees her partner 3D sometimes, not all the time, but physical. Alan says, said to me, has promised me that I will see him that way, like physical. I've seen him transparent, like, like holographic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt him on, on, on many levels, like physically. And more than anything, I just feel this immense love from him that I never felt before. Even when he and I first met and we're in the throes of new love, right? When lovers are together and it's all, it's the best it can ever be, right? And well, it was that, but more. It's like, it's like beyond that. It's really on another level in my, for me anyway, and for some of the people that I, where we work with. So our journey, you know, began when we met here in Hawaii, he died, came back, and I, and I know that other people have had contact after death and even have it ongoing. I've, I know of certain people who are doing that. I don't know of anybody who's out there actively teaching like he and I are because he told me that was our mission because that was the last part. I'm here to, to love you like I never could before. And here we're here to write that book. And three, we're here to teach people how to forge those relationships and get them, um, you know, help them to make it stronger. And that's unfolding now because the book is done and is out there. It's gotten a lot of amazing response. I, I have people telling me they read it more than one time. And it's a big book. Okay. It's 354 pages (laughs) and it didn't put everything in it either, but it's 354 pages. And I'm stunned when people tell me, no, I'm reading it again and I'm getting more out of it, or I'm reading it and I'm feeling my partner with me or my loved one, my parent with me. I feel them connecting with me because of the book. And that, that, that always makes me smile because Alan said that, that he was putting spiritual energies in that book so that pe- there would be a doorway that would open to the other side. So from the feedback I've gotten, it seems that that's happening. It's, it still blows my mind though. But but I guess we shouldn't be surprised. Spirit can do all kinds of things. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I wanna ask you, uh, this Facebook group that you have um, and you're helping people in it, are you helping people to develop their psychic abilities so that they're more able to easily connect to their loved ones? Because let's say we have somebody out there listening who has a loved one who's crossed over and they say, okay, I don't sense them around me. I don't have any kind of ability. I don't understand how this works. Is that one of the things that this person could go and join your group and you're helping them to understand how to connect? Yeah, good question. So with our group, we made the commitment when I first formed the group that we would be teaching every week for free, which we do. I, yesterday I go, I did my live. I do go live for, I try to keep it to 30 minutes. I never do. I'm never successful. It always goes to like 45 minutes or just under an hour. So I talk about different things and everything from a basic way to connect with with your loved one, really simple way. And it is really simple, but I tell people, if you keep at it, you will have contact. But the thing that I'm finding is that the the biggest thing people have to do is believe. They have to trust and believe because that is everything. It doesn't matter how many classes you take. It doesn't matter how many readings you have. It doesn't matter what else you do. If you don't believe that this is possible, if you don't learn to trust 
what you're experiencing. Because a lot of people will tell me, well, uh, how do I know I'm make, not making that up? Maybe you know, I, that's my imagination. Maybe that's a fluke. Maybe, uh, I don't know what that is. And I'll say, well, you have to trust. You have to just trust because they will meet us halfway. But our part is to believe and have faith and trust. And so if you're afraid of the spirit world, or you just don't believe you're so in your left brain, your logical, physical mind that you can't do this and you got to, you've got to have an, a mind adjustment, right? That is actually, to me, the biggest piece. It, it's not about taking classes. I've taught classes for decades, literally. And it's not about that. Those classes are just permission slips that makes us think, I took the class, now I can be psychic. I found that people, when I work with them, which I do more in our, we have an academy, a supernatural love academy, which is where I really coach people. And we go deeper and we talk about different subjects. And I teach about manifestation. I teach about the power of affirmations to create anything, including this relationship through the veil, because our thoughts create reality. So if you understand that, that your thoughts are already creating your experience, then your limiting thoughts about connection with the afterlife is what you got to deal with. If you deal with that, if you get that clear, which we try to do that every week when we work with people. The other things can happen of its own accord almost, you know, and that's what I, we try to do every week. I, my intention is not that everybody in my group like even pay me or join my academy because I know most of them won't. But the people who do, they have in our academy, some of them are having profound experiences. I mean, profound that, and, and they don't ever want to leave. <laughs> like they, they will tell you how much they've gained from it, you know, because we go deeper with them. In the main group, I post a lot about the afterlife. I have people asking questions and some of those questions I'll use for a live presentation where I'll go deeper in that question. But we talk about everything. So I talk about common misperceptions people have about, about the other side, like, um, like, is, you know, is it true that, that if somebody commit, takes their life, for example, that they don't go to heaven, I go, well, of course, it's not true. <laughs> of course, they go, everybody goes the other side. There's so much misinformation out there that that's one of the reasons why I have to talk about these things almost every week, because people come in with all kinds of ideas they've picked up from different sources. And I think if anything, because of information being so widely available, it's even harder now to figure out what is the real truth, especially when mediums themselves are telling my clients that they should not be continuing the relationship through the veil because they're holding their loved one back. And I'll tell them that is not true. You cannot hold them back. Yes, they could decide they want to remain earthbound. And you and I know of, of that's why we call them ghosts, people that don't want to cross over for different reasons. And okay, we don't want that, but this is not what we're talking about. My husband is not earthbound. He's not, he is, I know he's not earthbound because he has these abilities that you only gain when you cross over because we are limitless beings in truth. And when we cross over, we have the ability to do a lot more, help our loved ones in a body heal, you know, guide them, certainly come through and support them in many ways. So, <clears throat> so I don't know if that is your question about our group, but some people, I've had people in my group tell me that, that I've helped them so much just being in the group, that they're able to have a deeper connection with them. I know many of them will tell you, will tell you that if you were there and ask them. But the people who have the greatest experience are the people who join our academy. And we are getting ready to open the doors again in, in a few weeks. In, in August, we're going to do a free channeling workshop, which I'll, I'll do free things periodically, like a, a longer uh, workshop, right? Not just an hour, like a five-day thing. So my, my goal, our goal really, <clears throat> excuse me, is to just give people this information that I've gleaned over 35 years of being in this field and what Alan is telling me from the other side, because he'll interject and say, well, it's like this, you know, this is the best way to approach that um, because he's a teacher too. So we try to dispel all these myths and, and, and just give people hope and understanding that whether they want to continue relationship or not, that 
our loved ones are here and that we don't die and that you can have their support. You can have it ongoing, like all through the day. Like my husband talks to me all through the day. It's to the point where I'll go, okay, can you just be quiet for a little bit? Because, because it's like a running commentary sometimes. And he'll go, okay, like I'll chill out. It can be that way. It is that way for some people I know. And we can feel their, their support. I cannot tell you how many times he's actually healed me of things when I was sick because I think more of us understand now that humans by nature, we're healers, you know, it's love that heals. So we're all vessels for that unconditional love that created us. So of course we can heal through our prayers, through directing our love to somebody, right? Well, on the other side, that love is through the roof, you know? And so they come through and they can certainly help us in so many ways. So we talk about all that in the group and basically it's a safe community of people who are on this journey, who are not going to question it, who are not going to say, well, this is weird, or, you know, you're, you're talking to some negative spirit, or you're being misled. They, they, under, they understand that th- th- this is real because they're having the experience, and, and what we're saying to them kind of backs up what they've gone through, what they're saying, or even what their loved ones themselves are telling them. That's, that's the really funny thing that somebody will say, yeah, my, I connected with my husband. He says, yeah, Alan is helping him come through (laughs) to, to, to me. So thank you both, you know? So it's very amazing. Um, but you know, it's, it's real. I mean, I, like I said to you before we began talking in a, Today, I said, I, I just didn't know how this was going to happen. You know, he said, we're going to create this group. We're going to teach people how to kick through the veil. And I said, how? Oh, I don't know how to do that. Well, we're showing the way. So that book is really the chronicle of that journey. It took about two years. And, and, and it was very uphill and downhill. And I mean, all over the place because I had to heal my grief. I had to heal my resentment. Um, it wasn't that I had to develop my abilities. But what I've seen with clients and students is because of that love bond through the veil, you're automatically tuned in. If you just drop your fear and your disbelief, it is so easy that some people are just shocked. Yeah. Like one gal I had, I mean, the first time out the gate, practically, it's like, whoa, I know that I just channeled my husband. That wasn't me, what I just wrote or what I heard. (laughs) I said, Yes, because in his case, he was really strong and came through, but everybody can get to that place in time. So, so I hope that answered your question. Yeah, it did. Thank you for that. And I, we were having a discussion before we even got on here and you said that the spirit world is going to become stronger or their presence, I guess, will become stronger to us. It is stronger. It is stronger. Well, let's talk about that because I think you'll find this rather interesting. I mean, recently I was really looking more into the history of spiritualism and I was uh, in a physical mediumship class end of last year. And the medium who I greatly respect, he was talking about how spirits have said that, you know, the history of spiritualism was really the 1850s around there. And when you look back, what you can see is that and what the medium said too, the spirit said they were coming through because, because the planet the world was going to go through crisis. And shortly after in the 1850s, 1861, I believe, the civil war broke out. So that war was the first war of such, you know, in modern times where we lost a million lives. So at that time, that was catastrophic, right? But then on the heels of that was to come World War I and World War II. So what this medium said, and Alan said to me that this was correct, was that spirit always comes through. They've always been here, okay? Let's not make any mistake. They've always been an integral part of our lives. We're just not aware of it. They actually are responsible for certain things happening because the spirit world creates the physical world. This is why we are here. They they created it. So there's always been this interaction. But when when the wars broke out and they knew that there'd be such a great loss of life that we needed to understand that we were immortal. They wanted, they came through to, to reassure us that no, you don't die. Here's your loved one who crossed over. They're coming through the medium, right? They're, 
they're making contact in seances and all that. So that phenomenon started with things like called table turning or table tipping, where the tables were would levitate. That was spirit, all right, coming through. It wasn't like somebody somewhere said, oh, I think I want to connect to the spirit world. Let's see what that would be like. It was like all of a sudden these things were happening and people were making assumptions. Some of them, you know, kind of crazy. Some of them maybe more correct that it was spirit, but the phenomenon started happening, right? Then it progressed to seances where mediums would start to bring through these messages and, and it just took off. And of course it really grew in England. Spiritualism really got rooted in England, which is where Alan is from. He's originally born in London and he was trained by a medium uh, in Eng from England. So, so the other side is coming through stronger now because we're actually, the planet is in crisis. I don't think people would argue that right now. We do talk about climate change or politically or socially, right? We can look around us and go, yeah, we're kind of in trouble here. And also because we've suffered such a great loss of life with COVID and he's saying, and spirit has said, and there'll be more loss of life because we're not done with diseases. So that means there's a lot of, let's say newly crossed over souls who really want to come through and support the, those who have survived them to, to get through this time, this, these hard times as they call it. And they're here to give us hope, to give us guidance, to give us healing. He keeps saying to me, gives you healing, okay? because they can do that, but to awaken us, because that's what we're going through right now, the time of the ascension and the awakening. So what does that mean? You know, they, they want to come through, not just to ease our grief, to say, we're here, we're not alone. I'm here to love you and guide you, but also I'm here to help you become who you really are, to understand that you are a soul that never dies, that you are not this personality ego self that you, think you are. That's just the role you're playing for the movie that you've created that's called your life. That's temporary. That all goes away when you drop your body. But we want you to be alive while you're in a body. You don't have to be full, leave, die, leave this world to be fully alive because when they cross over, yeah, they become all that they are. They no longer have an ego that's limiting them in their belief of who they are, right? So they say, why not be limitless while you're still here? Why, why not be able to have all of your faculties, your spiritual abilities, and be in a body? They, they've, Alan's even told me that they see that as actually the ultimate because they're no longer in a body, right? They're limitless. They're on the other side. They don't have a body. We, of course, most of us kind of sometimes curse the body, right? And say, well, my body doesn't work very well. It's not, you know, it's aging or... I'm in pain or I'm, I'm, I'm too skinny. I'm too fat or whatever it is, but they see the body as this amazing container to experience physical reality that they can't do on the other side. It's, it's a whole different experience he's shown me. So he says, imagine if you were fully awakened like you are on the other side and you could still be in a body. He says, that is ultimately what most souls signed up for. I'm going to take a stab at fully awakening, knowing that I'm immortal, knowing that I'm the expression of God's source, universe, whatever you want to call, you know, the higher power, all that is, and be in a body. Because he says that is the ultimate journey to have it all, to be in both worlds. So those who have a loved one on the other side, who is tending to reach through to them and communicate and support them, I feel have a great opportunity to have the spiritually transformed experience and open up to be all that they are. And we're attempting to do that within our academy, especially like take people through that process of, of, of letting go of their fears or limiting beliefs. And most of them are ready to do that because they don't identify so much with the 3D world anymore because they're having these, what I call interdimensional relationships. So they, they're kind of ready for that. Yeah, why not? You know, I don't quite relate to the mainstream anymore. So we're kind of creating our own, I guess almost our own world or in between the worlds, but more and more people are joining that. That I think that, you know, that that's what we're, why the other side is getting stronger. They actually seed ideas and information into this world. 
I know that's true because I saw Alan do that on a number of occasions when we were doing some healing on somebody and another medium would tell me, I see him in the hospital with the doctors and he's talking to them. He's trying to put ideas into their head of what to look for. This is how spirit works, right? So the doctor would go, oh, I have an idea. I just figured it out, right? Where do you think that came from? It didn't come, it didn't come, it didn't come from the doctor, okay? It came from a spirit saying, this is what you should do. This is the idea. This is the approach. So I saw Ellen do that. Medium confirmed it. And she said, yeah, that's how they do. Spirit guides people in that way, whether they're doctors or lay people, you know, anybody. And he says they're getting stronger because, because we are shifting, the planet shifting and ascending and rising its vibrations. So we're closer to the spirit world. We can't be in the fifth dimension, which is the non-physical, because to be there, you actually have to be non-physical. But you can get close enough, let's say, to the, to the edge of it, where there's more interaction, where you can be what we call quasi-physical, non-physical. You're kind of been, be very aware of the non-physical, but also steeply here. So, so a lot of people that I work with are starting to feel that. I mean, I experienced that. I feel like I'm kind of, like, I don't know where I am sometimes. Like, wait, am I in... Am I in the non-physical or I'm in the physical? Yeah. And that's, that's kind of a sign, you know, that you're bridging those two worlds and, and, and yet you're here because you got to be here. Okay. But it's easier to go into the non-physical to kind of bilocate, to be in two places. And that's what I've actually been trying to learn recently is learn by location. So yeah, that's why they're getting stronger because we need the help. And I, I know I'm not the only one who's getting this help from the other side in this manner. I, I, I'm excited. I think that it's going to lead to massive change, not for everybody. We need to first understand that we're not here to change the world. We're here to change our own world, each person. You change your reality, you change your world. And in doing that, you help other people who are, who are in the same mindset. You know, you can't, it's not, supposed to be everybody that wakes up. It was never supposed to be that. It's always meant to be a certain number, right, of people. And it doesn't mean those other people are lesser than any of us. I mean, there's no lesser or greater. It's just a different purpose. Like, why are we here? So that's a long answer to your question. <laughs> yeah. I love that, though. That's, and that's so uh, interesting, all of the points that you brought up. And I think it gives a lot of people hope, too, that you can still experience help and connection to the, your loved ones who have crossed over. So my next question for you uh, is about the fear part, because I know that there are a lot of people who would love to connect. And the reason that they're not able to connect is because there is some sort of, whether it's conscious or subconscious fear about yeah. connecting to the other side. Um, and I know that because Personally, I experienced that too when I first started uh, getting into uh, mediumship. So for those who are out there listening who maybe realize that they're a little bit afraid or maybe yeah. they think maybe that's what it is subconsciously and I don't realize that's what it is, what are some simple things they could do just right away to maybe diminish those fears so that they could start being more open to connecting? Well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that maybe not every spiritual teacher would say, but I'd say to, to understand the nature of reality to start with. Because if you, when you understand that thought, your thoughts create, every thought you think actually manifests in the spiritual realm, because everything is actually created there, right? It's created there, then it's here. But, and over there, obviously they think, like I want to eat a hot dog and there's the hot dog and they eat the hot dog. Okay. Here it's like, I got to go to Costco to get the hot dog. If that's the cost the hot dog that you want, but, um, but it manifests your thoughts manifest. So if you really understand that principle, then you understand why some people will create so-called negative experiences with the other side, because it's their thoughts, it's their beliefs, it's their programming, or, or let's say somebody who's just very, um, let's say, I'm not saying this is your listeners, by the way, I'm just giving extreme examples. So somebody who's really negative, very fearful, has a lot of anger, has a lot of inner demons. Well, you know what? They're out of reality because it's going to reflect that. 
everything out here is your subconscious amplified, like reflected back to you. So the reason some people have so-called negative experiences is they have some sort of residual belief, fear, the fear itself is going to manifest because if you have that strongly, then it's going to take root because it's a thought that you think, right? Like um, the other side is scary. Okay, well, that's going to have to come into your reality if you that's strong enough thought and, and is there in your subconscious. So I'd say that because I can't, you cannot have the evidence of the other side being loving, benevolent, and supportive if you don't believe it, because it doesn't work that way. <laughs> like if you believe the opposite, that's what you're going to have. So I would say to those people to affirm the positive, because if you keep affirming that the other side is loving and benevolent, it's, it's only, it's only beautiful and loving and peaceful and all that, then that is the only thing you're going to be able to experience. So, so I say that is really the solution. So you understand that, that thoughts create. And if I have fearful thoughts, that means I just need to affirm thoughts that are positive about the other side and really keep affirming because then you, what you end up doing is kind of overriding those limiting beliefs, those negative fearful beliefs, because you keep affirming that. The other thing they can do is if they're wanting to connect with a loved one of theirs and the other side is, is as simple as just, you know, getting relaxed, doing a meditation, perhaps getting relaxed, affirming again that I'm safe. Uh, the universe is on my side. I am God's source, all that is, whatever, if you want to invoke that, right, that you're connected. I am, I am God. I am one with all that is. And to call out to your loved one and ask them to connect with you, ask them to come, come in, make their presence known, and then trust whatever you feel next with that. Ask them to give you a sign, if you will. Okay, things like that. And take it slowly. But if you, you have to trust this because they can do that. They can come through and give you that sign or give you that maybe tingles up your arm or something. And here's where we have to just believe the next thing that happens is from them. Okay. Because if you go, well, maybe I made that up. Well, okay, well, forget it. Then don't even try it. Because if you, you're asking them to give you a sign and then they give you one, whether it's physical or something appears or you have a vision and you go, well, I'm making it up, then you might as well not even do this. But if you keep doing that, you will in time keep getting more evidence of your own. Because I think that is what's important that people are tending to look to other like outside themselves, like to authority figures. But the problem with that is those quote authority figures are only going to give you what they believe. And, and it may be accurate and it might not be. So, cause they're filtering it. Everything is filtered through our belief system, everybody's belief system. I don't care who they are. So to me, the best evidence of the afterlife is the ones we get for ourselves from our loved ones. Like I just yesterday in our group, I talked about using music as a powerful way to build a bridge to the other side, because that was what is one way that I hear from many people, how their loved ones communicate. They'll make the, their favorite song pop up on the radio when they're driving or something. Or in my case, one time I put, I have, you know, these AirPods that people have, you know, we listen to your music on your, your iTunes music. Well, I put these AirPods in my ear and all of a sudden it's playing the song that Alan gave me through a friend on my anniversary, the speechy singing too much heaven. And I thought, what the heck? Like, I didn't have my phone on. I didn't have any device on. Okay. I didn't turn anything on. Just started playing. And then as soon as the song ended, some screechy heavy metal music came on that I was not on my playlist. I would never have that song on my playlist. And I was like, what is this? And I could, couldn't turn it off because there's no device to turn off. Right. I, even when I took the air, AirPods out, I could hear the song playing through the AirPod and that shouldn't be happening. And it was playing and playing. And I finally said, Alan, if that's you, cut it out already. <laughs> Immediately, it just went down, shut down. Okay. They can do things like that. They can do things like that. So many things. He's made my phone call my friend in the middle of the night when I was lying there upset about something. My phone is on the bedside table. 
okay, all of a sudden I see my phone light up and I thought, what the heck's going on? I look at my phone and my girlfriend messaged me and said, did you just call me? Cause my phone rang. And I said, I didn't touch my phone. And I looked at my phone and sure enough, it showed that I had called her and, and hung up. And I said, oh, okay, it's Alan calling you because he, he's upset that I'm upset. And she said, then she started, because she's a medium. She said, well, he wants you to know because <laughs> you're not able to hear him because you're upset. I said, okay, I'm so sorry he woke you up. She goes, that's okay. I've told him before, just don't wake me up uh, before 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> He woke her up at 3.30 in the morning. So she was okay with it. Okay, so they can do things like that. Maybe not right out, out the gate again, you know, right away, but they can learn to do things like that. And I hear people telling me how they do things like that. So, so the music thing is another easy way for them to come through. So I've told, I suggested to people in on the live yesterday, I said, well, if, you, if you're new to this, then then, you know, maybe play like, you know, some people have those music apps, right? And you can just play random music, like romantic music, whatever kind of music you like and have it playing. And don't be surprised if your loved one all of a sudden gives you this jolt of energy when you hear a song and you go, oh, like you like that song, you know, that's their way of making contact. Uh, Alan did that to me when I was driving in the car uh, about a month ago after leaving the doctor's office. He knew I was a little, not worried, but a little just uncomfortable about you know, I haven't gone to the doctors. He knows I hate the doctor. And the song came on that wasn't a favorite, not on my playlist at all. It's by Aerosmith, that song from Armageddon, Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Mm -hmm. So I played, it came on and I, and I thought to myself, I remember thinking, well, I don't know, I really like that song. And all of a sudden I feel this goosebumps galore and I feel this love sweep over me and I go, oh my God, you like this song, don't you? And he goes, would you listen to the song? <laughs> so he wanted me to listen to the lyrics of the song. It was really important. And I said, okay, you're wanting me to know it's all going to be okay. He wanted to give me this experience and music is pure emotion. So it's, you can't make that up. Like you're listening to a song, all of a sudden you feel your body respond. You're not even knowing what the song is sometimes. And you feel this flood of energy come in. That to me is proof of the afterlife, proof of them. And it's so beautiful. It's certainly not anything scary. Okay. It's, it's this goosebumps, this tingling energy. So I'd say somebody to try that, do something gentle like that and know that their communication with us is often, in fact, usually very subtle. Yeah. It's very subtle. It's so easy for them to put thoughts in our heads. Like I've talked about how Alan would, was pacing this hospital, <laughs> looking for a doctor who was open. He could tell was open psychically that he could tell them something, right? Until he found somebody. Uh, but it's subtle. So the person's going to think, oh, that's my thought. But it could be them. So if you have an, a sense of them, like for example, this happened many times, I'd be doing something and all of a sudden it flashed in my mind that he was there. And, and I realized that was him because you're, we're picking up on them. If they're close in our energy field, you'll start to sense them maybe as a picture in your mind or just a knowing in my case it was just a knowing. I said, I, I know you're standing behind me. And then the physical thing would come in a little bit later, something like that. So, so just being aware and of that, just being aware and sensing, but having this trust. And I promise you, um, they, they are here to protect us. Okay. So if we're connecting with those we love on the other side and enough of them, they, that's all that's going to come through. Okay. You're, especially if it's a partner, they're, they're even more protective or a parent, right? They're very more protective. So they're not really going to let anything, you know, negative come through unless you actively are seeking that or, or you are do, doing things that are opening yourself up to that because we don't live in a world that's assertive based, it's attraction based, or better yet creative, right? Where we create it through our thoughts. So as long as you don't have negative, fearful, dark thoughts, then you're not gonna track that. You're not manifesting that. And okay, he Alan wants me to point out though, that if somebody has worrying thoughts, right? Like fearful thoughts, I don't want people to think that, oh, then I'm attracting like negative things to me or something, right? Because I'm fearful. They said, no, just, just also at the same time, you're having those thoughts, call out to your angels or call, call out to your loved ones and ask for that, 
that connection, okay? Because the more you connect to the other side the, on the positive level, the more you create this kind of a force field around you, if you will, because that love is just gonna deflect anything that isn't match it. Because the, there are, let's say negative beings, but they're not, they're not gonna bother with people like you and me because they have plenty of other people that are very negative and dark in their intentions to mess around with. So why would they even bother with us? They don't, they don't like attracts like. I love that. And I also uh, love the idea of having people use music because you're absolutely right. My mom would connect with music all the time. Um, and my daughter who does not listen to country music at all, but my mom sang Patsy Cline and loved her <laughs> songs. Had She had Spotify on on the way home and Crazy by Patsy Cline came on. And my daughter called me immediately and said, this is Nana because she would not have that music. <laughs> her Spotify list. So we got a good chuckle out of that. I said, yeah, she's just trying to come through and let you know she's still here. Isn't it fun? Uh, he did told me that it's really easy for them because it's all electrical, right? I mean, it's like, where does the music come from? It's all playing through the air, literally, right? Like trans, you know what I mean? It's transmitting yeah. all over the place. So it's like, oh, we just pluck out that song and throw it in the radio <laughs> or throw it in your AirPod or throw it's like, it's so easy. It's child's play. Yeah. So they love playing with electrical things like that. I even charged up my, my battery pack for my vacuum that for some reason I put it in a specific place thinking to myself, okay, I got to charge this tomorrow. I'm going to put it right here by my microwave oven in my kitchen. Next morning I walk in the kitchen and it's on the other side of the kitchen by my, my water dispenser, the standing water filter dispenser. And I go, wait a minute. I know I didn't put that there. I made a mental note to myself that, okay, I got to charge that it's dead. And, and I walked out of the kitchen the night before. So I said, did you do that? He goes, yeah. I go, well, what brought this on? He says, well, the other night we were watching that movie Shazam. I don't know if you ever saw that movie, but this guy is playing this kid that turns into a superhero, has some sort of transformation, becomes this big super superhero guy. And he, the superhero is walking through this mall and he's zapping everybody's phone because he realized he has superpowers and he can charge their phones or make them do things, right? So Alan says, I decided I wanted to charge that battery pack for you. And I go, are you crazy? I go, no. He goes, no, go check, check it out, check it out. So I plugged it in. It was fully charged. <laughs> and I said, and you moved it? He goes, yeah, I figured out I could move it. But don't expect me to do that again, because I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be your houseboy. I'm not going to be your, I'm not going <laughs> to charge a battery for you again. I just wanted to see if I could do it. And I thought, oh God, this is wild. But that was the most um, crazy thing that he'd done, you know, that because I knew I hadn't moved that battery pack and I yeah. certainly didn't charge it because I used it the day before and it was completely dead. That's too funny. So yeah, they can do uh, all kinds that's of- crazy how they can get your attention, but I love that those stories and, and the proof, you know? Yeah, and, and I want people to know that if their loved one isn't doing things like that right away, that they can learn. And one of the ways to give them incentive to learn is that we'd be open to it. Right, that we are open and we are we we are receptive to it, that we are looking for it. But if they feel like it's too much, like it's almost like they'd want to put pressure on us. So if they feel like, well, this is you know waiting on you. You feel like, oh, I'm not good at this. And you feel, they're they're going to back off. They go, well, I don't want you to be upset by this, you know. But they can and they can learn. I know one of the readings I did with Alan because one of the things he had me do when he came back to me, said, you need to earn an income because you no longer have my pension to rely on. He says, we're going to do readings together. And I said, you know, I don't like to do readings. He goes, I know, but I'm going to do it with you. It's going to be a totally different thing. Okay. So within 24 hours, we had our first client. Now he had had readings for many years because he had dementia. <clears throat> and he said, I'll get a client for you. If you if I get a client, will you do the reading with me? Sure, sure. I said, because I didn't think anybody would call. The next day, somebody called. Within less than 24 hours, somebody called. First time in like two, three years. And I said, all right, we're, I guess we're going to do this reading. If you don't mind, Alan's on the other side. She goes, oh, that's cool. I would, I'm up for that. So I, as we did readings, he showed me that I'd see some of the loved ones in the spirit and I'd say, oh, your son is learning how to move objects on the other side. He's already doing that in your home. And she'd go, yeah, he's already, <laughs> he's already moving things. Well, he really is good at that. 
So Alan showed me that there, there are classes for different things like that, classes to for them to learn how to move objects, classes for all kinds of things. And I said, I didn't, I didn't know that. And he says, yeah, but some of them will take longer to learn it. But if they want to, there's so many things they can learn how to do. But for some reason, it does take time. Even though I know there's no time over there, there's time in our, in our dimension. But uh, I tell people don't lose hope, you know, because Alan does things now that he wasn't doing in the beginning either. So, you know, what do you, if you're patient and you're willing to see and you have an open mind, then anything can happen. But I usually tell people don't, don't put pressure of expectation on it with them and say, because when I've done that with Alan, it does it usually fails. <laughs> it, just, it just fails. And he says, just let it be what it is. So I just let it go. And I'm always surprised. It's always better than what I would have expected. But that's cute. Very interesting. I had no idea that. I mean, I always had heard that they can take classes on the other side. I didn't realize it was for learning how to move objects and things like that. For all kinds of things. <laughs> he said that some, some salt, like for example, if somebody, it was just this, when I thought about it, this made sense to me because I've done readings for people. Usually we, what we're doing is helping people make direct contact in our sessions. So we guide them because Alan works with their loved one in spirit to make contact through this guided exercise that I lead them through. And, and usually people do have profound experience, they contact their loved one. And then we tell them to replay the recording because every time they do, then Alan's gonna come back and help their loved one again and gonna keep strengthening that connection. But one of, you know, but so it's really amazing to see that their loved one is, they're learning, you know, they're, they're learning how to come through stronger. But what we noticed is if, for example, the person when they were in a body was very, let's say they were very physical, like they worked out a lot, they're very physical in touch with their body. A lot of times those spirits on the other side like that, they can move things physically because they were more in their body. Alan wasn't that much in his body when he was here because he was doing readings for 30 some odd years and he was kind of dissociated. You know, he just wasn't like into working out. He wasn't into being physical. And so for him, it's a little harder to do the physical things, but he can do, he can do more emotional projection, projecting his love and things like that. But I've seen other people like one person, their partner was more into bodybuilding, that kind of thing. Oh yeah. He could do all kinds of things physically in her, her reality, you know? And I said, well, that makes sense. The other thing is somebody was really sick before they crossed maybe for years or something, they might take time to develop too, right? Because even though they're not in a body anymore, which I think is interesting, they, they still have to, I guess, recover from that. Mm -hmm. and, and so I've seen that can sometimes take time for therefore for them to make contact through the veil. There's so many variables, you know, it's hard to say, but they can learn. And again, if we're open to continue the relationship in whatever way they're able to come through right now, that can always progress and develop further. And as people in my academy, I'm seeing having deeper and deeper connection as the weeks and months go by. And I, I tell them there's no end to this, that they, they I know some of them will be seeing or feeling their loved one sooner than I do because Alan was, again, wasn't that physical <laughs> when he was here, but some of them, um, I, I'm, I'm happy for them to, to get there first. Like I'm supporting them to, to maybe see their loved one in physical form before I do, although I see him kind of intermittent. So it's an exciting time. And I think that the more of us that explore this, the easier it is for other people you know, that hundredth monkey kind of phenomenon, right? That it just takes off because more people are learning it. Then it becomes easier for other people to learn it. And, and so it just, it just happens for people spontaneously. So, and it's a beautiful thing. There's no reason to, to grieve. I mean, I don't really miss him anymore. I, I can't find that peace anymore. I can't find that because I built this new experience with him, but it took time. So I tell people I work with, you know, it just takes time because you, you're building new memories that are different because you're non-physical and you're not there yet. And all you have are the physical memories. So yes, I can understand you look back at the past and you feel sad, but focus on the now and, and building this new future. And you're going to amass more of this amazing relationship with your loved one that becomes your reality, you know, but it's. I know it's not easy because we're up against the 3D world, 
which for the most part is just going to either mock it or even, you know, push against it like really hard. Like I know that a lot of mediums don't completely agree with this because of their training, because they're training and they just were taught that, you know, we are meant to let the dead go, like let them move on. And Alan's, and I've heard a lot of them say from their side, I'm not moving on. What are you talking about? I'm going to be right here. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I'm still going to be part of their life. And it's going to be good for everybody, for them on the other side. And for us, it's, we're not holding them back. And we're not, we're not like, I, I don't know, we're not taking anything away from our own life here either, you know, because we can be, we are spirits, right? We, more of us know that now we're spirit who's immortal. So why can't we be in both realities and have the best of both realities? I don't see why not. So I hope in time mediums will accept this and understand that everyone is born a medium to their own family, to their own loved ones, because the heart is the connection. To be a medium professionally, that's a different story because you're talking to strangers and strangers on the other side is strangers in a body. So of course, that's a whole different thing. But to be a medium for your own loved ones, Alan says, that's just a no brainer from their perspective. It's like, huh? We already have an in. <laughs> you already know what we feel like, what our love feels like. You already recognize our, our energy, even if you're not completely psychic, because guess what? Everyone's born psychic. So they can help awaken that by reminding us, right? So I want to thank you so much for sharing your story because I love what you're doing and the message that you are spreading out there. And if we have people who are out there listening and perhaps they want to learn more about this, maybe they just want to read your book or join your Facebook group, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, if they want to get our book, it's on Amazon and it's available in Kindle, paperback and hardback. And so, of course, you just go on Amazon and look for the book Supernatural Love, A True Story of Life and Love After Death by Pam and Alan Johnson. It'll, it'll show up as my name, actually, Pam Johnson. And and if you if we want to join our group, then, of course, it's on Facebook. And that group is called Soulmates in the Afterlife. And if somebody's interested in working with us in the academy, you can learn about that through that group too, or, or also go to my website, which is supernaturallove.com. But we also do private sessions that could you can find out more about that on our website, where we work with people again, one-on-one. -on -one. We call our sessions Bridge to Heaven sessions, where we actually are helping you build this bridge to heaven with, with Alan actively helping their loved one on the other side to connect. And, and right now, I, I only recently really started doing this because Spirit told me and Alan was bugging me. And, and I've already had like, two, uh, I've only done maybe half a dozen sessions, to be honest with you. I used to practice something called loving heart connections. It's just in mission in my books. I'm only talking about it because it's in my book. But I found that it was limiting because because the founder didn't like the idea that Alan was helping on the other side because her modality, it's not, she was saying I was practicing mediumship. And I said, but wait a minute, your modality is supposed to be created by spirit or, or, or let's say um, managed by spirit, right? Like they were facilitating on the other side. And well, Alan is spirit. Why can't he facilitate? But they weren't, ha she wasn't happy about that. So I realized I had to go my own way. And so Alan said, you're going to do your own, pro or own modality, your own process. So we do a similar thing, except Alan is actively involved. And so I already had like two amazing testimonials from people who had major shifts and deepening of connection with their partner. So I, I know we're on the right track. Um, so if anybody wants that, that's this is not evidential mediumship. It's not about you, you me telling you what your loved one is saying. It's me kind of, he's saying, hooking you up <laughs> to your partner or your parent, your, your child, whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. Hooking you up to them with him ass assisting for as long as you need assistance because he's limitless and can do this till the end of time, literally. So it's a new thing. They can learn about it on our website. We're excited about that. I don't know how many sessions I'll be able to keep doing because they do take a while, it's anywhere between 60 minutes to 90 minutes, because I want to make sure that that contact 
happens. I can't guarantee it, but I'd say 98% of the time, yeah, it, it, we're successful with people. Awesome. Well, I want to thank, thank you. you. And we're going to have those links in the show notes too. So if anyone would like to buy your book or join the Facebook group, all you have to do is go to the show notes and click on the link and it'll take you directly there. Thank you again, Pam, so thank much you. for coming on and sharing your story and for all of the work that you're doing. And Alan too, I cannot forget about Alan. Thank you both for uh, being willing to come here today and to share what you're doing and for all of the people that you're helping to continue that connection because what a beautiful gift for everyone. Thank you so much, Melissa. Lots of love to you and all your listeners out there, all your viewers. Thank you. And I want to thank all of you for being here with us today as well. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please review a review for uh, those who might want to listen. And if you share it out with anyone you think could benefit, that would be amazing. And if you join our Patreon page, you can actually see this interview. Uh, you can watch the video and see this as well as listening to the audio. I'd love to have you over there. Plus we do live card readings each week. So that's a fun thing. And it's just a nice, fun, supportive group. And you can even join for a free trial for seven days. The link is also in the show notes. As always, guys, I am sending you so much love and light. I hope you have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. And I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.